Hey, what's going on, gang? Welcome to another episode of The Business of Strength. I'm here with my co-host, Dan Goodman, and today we're talking about converting leads to amazing clients. We're going to kind of give you a rundown of how we take in a client from off the street to making them an exceptional long-term client here at the gym. Uh, getting the right leads is super important. We'll talk about how we provide exceptional customer experience, uh, how we you know, encourage and coach our staff to give great service all the time, and how we make those new clients feel special, especially you know, in, in, in that transition period where they're converting from trial to actual client. Uh, having a great success session and, you know, making sure that you have your systems and sales processes down pat, how to follow up properly and have, and make sure that you set clear expectations, not only for your team, but for the new client and have complete transparency on everything and how to become a member, what your cost and things like that are. So this episode is going to be great for anybody who's wanting to convert more leads to clients and keep those clients for longer periods of time. At the end of the day, right, getting new leads is great. But keeping clients happy and, and 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 ensuring that they stay for longer periods of time is the fastest way to grow your business. Right? As always, this episode is brought to you by the Business of Strength Two Day Mentorships. You could attend the Business of Strength Two Day Mentorship and turn your passion into a real profession. Learn systems, marketing, sales, employee development, all in a two day workshop where Dan and I have taken twenty years of experience and condensed it into a two day. Uh, mentorship program. You can go to strengthentrepreneurs.com. That's strengthentrepreneurs with an S.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Tread Sled, the world's first and only non motorized sports performance treadmill. Develop speed, power, conditioning year round on one machine. And this is an awesome machine for any sports performance gyms, CrossFit boxes, or even general population gyms that don't have access to a large turf or an area where they can pull sleds for rehabbing hamstrings and building posterior chain, the tread sled can help you with all of those training needs. You go to treadsled.com. That's treadsled, T-R-E-A-D, sled, S-L-E-D.com, and check that out. And last but not least, okay, this episode is sponsored by the one and only Varsity House Gym, a world leader in strength and conditioning okay, for all of your fitness and training needs. You can go to varsityhousegym.com. Welcome to the Business of Strength, powered by Varsity House Gym, the podcast for strength entrepreneurs. Let's get to it, all right? Converting leads to clients, all right? So th- we're going to talk about some real-life scenarios going on in the gym right now and some of the things that we have going on. Um, and in full disclosure, you know, up until, you know, recently, you know, I would say that most of what we've done in terms of converting leads to clients has just been, you know, a lot of elbow grease and, you know, keeping list of cl- low tech, a notebook with all of our leads, a spreadsheet in the inst- in the Instagram, a spreadsheet in the Instagram, a spreadsheet in the Excel, uh, and just trying to keep track of things. And, and, you know, over the last, like, you know, six months, you know, we've developed a, a, a more uh, automated and customized lead tracking system. But before then, Dan, I mean, we, you know, we did it the old-fashioned way. We just made sure that we responded to people timely, uh, politely, and accurately with pretty much everything that we tried to do. So, you know, find the solution, respond appropriately and politely. How are you doing? How can I help? And, and make sure that you're giving them accurate information. So if they're asking about, you know, uh, a, a time for training their, their, their 12-year-old, yes, it's Tuesday, Thursday, 4.30, and, the, and that program is in this week, and it costs this much. 
Uh, that way there's no mistakes when they come here and they're like, oh, well, they told me it was 230 and that it was 200 bucks, and now you're telling me it's 430 and it's 600 bucks, right? That's a bad look. And, and, and making sure that, you know, that you, that you call people back. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many gyms that me and Dan have done consulting with in the last two years. And I say, well, what does your lead follow-up look up? They're like, well, I, I try to call them back by the end of the week. I'm like, end of the week? I'm like, forget it, man. They already joined three other gyms by then. Yeah, it, it comes down to volume. You know, a lot, a lot of people, um, and us included, in the beginning, we would, we would maybe get, I don't know, one, two, maybe three emails a week. It was easy to respond. We would get a few text messages. We were close with a couple, a couple of local coaches in the community. It was easy to track. It was, it was easy to metric. Now it's at a point where we felt like we were under-delivering on that lead follow-up yeah. in which we had to put in a system and eventually hire somebody full-time whose primary job is lead tracking. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's as important as the back-end financials is as important as the front-end leads and how they are getting really introduced to your business. Because if you can't get them in the door, you can't get them to join your gym. And you have to make sure that literally from the, v the very first conversation that they have, whether it be on social media, email, they call the gym, that the messaging and the tone and the, the general... Um, the general just voice is consistently the same. Yeah, I mean, when we were getting, you know, like you said, you know, when you're getting five or ten leads a week, not that big of a deal. You know, when you're getting 50, you know, plus leads a week, it's hard to keep track of. You know, when, when we're literally getting several emails a day about people wanting to join the gym or bring their athletes to the gym, it's very easy to to let that fall through the cracks. And I think, you know, and in, in full transparency, you know, I think part of it was me and, it was a me and you problem because me and you used to monitor the info at email. We never gave somebody ownership of that process. And I, I would, somebody would email the info at, me, Dan, and Trevor would all get the email, and then the three of us would either not, would either over-respond or under-respond because, I like, we'd all over-respond and then, I'd say, yo, just let me hand, let me handle that. Let me handle that. And then the next time, nobody would respond, <laughs> you know. And it kind of went back and forth like that for a long time, you know. So I think a key takeaway is that leads are a critically important aspect to growing your business. And you have to remember that it's like someone going to a restaurant for the first time, like someone going to, you know, a, 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 a show or something for the first time. Their experience is based on everything that happens, getting them to the point of of you know purchasing a product. Absolutely, the, the best you know we always use the restaurant example because we love to eat. But you think about it this way, and we will have people that will reach out through a personal uh, email to my email or yours, uh, through Instagram, through a friend of a friend out at a party. But the process of the lead generation still goes through the system that's been implemented where, let's just say it's an adult, we meet them out at a field. Hey, I, you know, I really heard, you know, I heard great things about Varsity House Gym. How do I become a member? Hey, let me take down your information. 
you know, I'll, I'll follow up with an email, but I'm going to get you set up with our front desk coordinator. You know, Phoebe's going to get you set up with the VHU process. Here's how it looks, but she's going to liaison you through every step of the process. They're not circumventing that. It's not like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I met Dan or Joe at a game, and now I just get to become a member of the gym, where it used to be like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah come to my class on Saturday and just start working out. Yeah, so, so it's been streamlined where it's like you might know the you might know the owner of the restaurant, but it doesn't mean that you walk into the restaurant and you don't have to go and talk to the hostess. <laughs> like, right. So what know, what, like, what are what are leads? Leads are potential sales. Leads are potential clients, exactly. right? So at, at it, and you know, all these numbers are going to be a little bit different for every gym, but on average, people will convert about 50% of their leads to some type of trial offer, whether that's a free week, a, a, a month-long mentorship, whatever it might be. And out of those, you're going to convert somewhere around 50% of those people to memberships if you've done your job and due diligence. Okay, So that means for every 100 leads, I get 50 trials, I get, 50, I get 25 members, right? As, as a general rule, depending on the gym. Uh, a, a lesser-performing gym with less systems in place and a smaller operation might perform a little bit under that. And, and gyms with really well-defined systems might fall over that. You know, if you if you do, you look for like sixty percent, right? So the reality is, is that you have to make leads a priority. So the very first thing there is then coming up with a lead system, right? And that comes down to, well, what are the expectations from your staff? Have you clearly outlined it to your staff what it means to be a lead? And what your expectations are and what happens to a person when they're a lead. So somebody calls or emails the gym, what happens, right? You have to have a system in place. It sounds very, it sounds intuitive. Like, why wouldn't you call them back? But if you don't train service and you don't train good, or, or let's call it great service, and you don't sit with your staff and say, hey, gang, here's what the expectation is at Varsity House. When somebody calls or emails the gym or walks in the gym, they get exceptional service, and we respond to that call or email immediately, right, as fast as possible, preferably within the hour, right, never more than 24 hours, right, and, and that's, a, that's a fail if it goes on beyond 24 hours, and every lead, whether it's a phone call, an email, okay, or a walk-in is followed up with another phone call or email. So if somebody calls the gym and I have a conversation with them, I get their name, email, phone number in that call. I explain to them whatever they're trying to look for, whatever services they're looking for. I give them everything I can, and I follow up with a detailed email. Somebody walks into the gym, same thing. I show them the gym. I give them a gym tour. I take them on a, a, a tour of the gym. I go through all of our services. If they're not ready to buy at that point in time, right, or even if they do, I follow up with a very detailed email. Thank you for coming in. Here's some of the things we talked about. Let me know how we can help. You know, Or thank you so much for, you know, joining our gym and becoming part of our team. We're excited to start your 30-day mentorship on Tuesday, this date, with this coach, and you and you make that experience awesome for them, right? Right from the get. So ha making leads a priority and having a system is number one. Tracking leads, I would say, is something that, you know, we did, and, uh, and again, full transparency, we did a terrible job. We had a notebook, and we'd write people's names down on them, and the date and time in which they called and what the outcome of that information was, and that, that was kept on a clipboard at the front desk. And 
we would we would the, the front desk crew would rotate on calling people back and trying to you know generate those leads. We we did an awful job of tracking the leads that didn't convert to sales. We did a good job of converting or or keeping track of people that say they did the VHU process and then they bought a membership. We were able to, you know, quantify that, but yeah. we weren't really quantifying lost leads and why they became lost leads, which has become a real focal point for the 2019. Yeah, I say at 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 this point in the business growth, I'm more concerned about why people have issues with the gym, you know, whether why they leave, why they complain, um, what complaints they have, and why they why, how how and why we didn't convert them from, you know, lead to trial, trial to membership. And what were some of the holes in that process or what were some of the personal roadblocks that those people had that we were not able to um, to fill the void there, that we were not able to make them feel comfortable and, and that this was the best case scenario for them, right? And, and again, I'm not saying that you're going to convert everybody, but but by looking at why something didn't happen, you, you can find a lot of, you know, if, 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 if one time somebody complains about price, okay, no big deal. Two times, all right. You know, five times. If every time you go to close somebody, and and they they're they're blown away by by your pricing strategy, there's a chance that you could have the right that you're in the wrong pricing strategy for the wrong area, and that that's a red flag. Or or too many offers, too many offers, or whatever it might be. Or I sit down in a success session with a client, and they tell me, oh, I never got, I you know your, your nutritionist, she never reached out to me. Okay, all right. Oh, I must, I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry that slipped through the cracks. Second time, third time, fourth time. Now we got a problem, right? So, so by critically analyzing why leads are not staying is just as important as why they came and why they stayed, right? Again, it's all it's all it's all data. It's all analytics, and it's all it's all there to help, right? And I never recommend focusing on the bad, but when but when a bad thing or a complaint happens consistently, then it definitely needs to be something that you talk about. Right, so make leads a priority, and and assign somebody to handle those. If you don't have anybody that can, like, there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are solo, solo, solo uh, strength coaches, solo entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call yourself, and they do a poor job of following up because they don't have the time. Because every time they sit down to do a follow up email, they're trying to come up with new. Uh, jargon and verbiage to send out to that person. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, this is the easiest system you could ever come up with. Come up with one, you know, you could save a Microsoft Word document. Think about the three touch points that you want every new lead to know about your business and what you have to offer. And write them down. And, and, and put, it in, put it in that Word document so you have the ability to cut and paste that email Obviously, if you know a couple of touch points about why they came in, who referred them to come in, walk by traffic, it's your job to have some of that information. But you could doctor up those three or four core values or core questions that you, every time you have a new lead that comes in, you don't have to sit down and recreate or reinvent the wheel, that you have at least a base point or a touch point just to be able to you know, correspond with that person with relative ease. It shouldn't, you shouldn't have to sit down and spend more than two to five minutes writing a follow-up email to somebody. No, and like, let's say, you know, again, if you're a solo shop, you know, maybe every morning you book a little bit of time to respond to emails and phone calls that have come in the day before. 
you know, and, and like, you know, that's, that's a priority. Remember, the leads are potential sales and clients, right? And, and lost leads are, are, are lost sales and potential lost potential sales and clients, right? And so if you're a one-man shop, then make sure that you're collecting calls and emails into a spot where you can access them easily, whether it's a folder on your email or, or you're storing them in a message, you know, or a digital. I always like, like what we have, Trev, with the voice over IP because uh, like we use a Vonage phone here because all, all phone messages... Now, it's very rare that we don't answer the phone here because we're here from, you know, 5.45 in the morning to about 9 p.m. But in the rare occasion that we don't, like some people call in the afternoon on like a weekend and we might not be here. The voice over IP sends the, te- the message to the, to the info at, to the team as an email. So it's almost impossible to lose, right? So I can make sure that on a Saturday evening, if somebody called the gym and we weren't here, that the team gets that email the next morning and, and calls that person back. So you could definitely do that as a solo shop. And I highly recommend that you book a half hour every morning to respond to, to leads because that's critically important. You know, you have to continue to get leads in order to grow your business, right? And, and, and so let's talk about the right leads, getting the right leads. So now I'm not going to – we can go down a whole rabbit hole about – how having a really well-defined vision and, and, and mission for your company is the best way to get the right leads, knowing who you are and what you want to do and, and kind of start attracting people that fit that vision. But, you know, uh, that's, I think, probably the most important thing for any business is having that down pat. But I, I would say the, the best leads are referrals from the clients you already have and, and getting people... Uh, that you already have. So if you're a small gym, whether you have 10 clients or you're a larger gym and you have 100 clients, uh, my, my first, you know, if I need more clients or I want more clients, the first thing I look for is the clients I have. And, and can they help me bring higher, more qualified customers to the gym? And, and so here's a real-world example. Right? We do a bunch of referral programs throughout the year. Okay, and some of them work really well. This year we did a new one. We did a gift of fitness. So we literally gave every single client in our gym a free 30-day trial to pay it forward to a friend, family member, or coworker. Adult clients. Adult clients. This program works so well that we wound up getting 50, you know, clients coming back from that, right? And literally flooded the gym with, you know, a potential of you know, dozens of new members. Now, the goal, though, has to be to service those people really well, right? So the processes have to be well-defined because if this would have happened to us five years ago, we would have screwed this up really badly. Mm -hmm. Like if you would have dumped 50 clients on us in a a one-month period, there's absolutely no way that we would have serviced them well. And I would almost bet to guarantee that a good majority of them would have wound up leaving after a period of time because they never built the value trust. They didn't see the product. They didn't see the differentiation in service. And think about what that does, right? Let's just say you are a member at Varsity House and you get the gift of fitness. You don't have to use it. That's your prerogative of whether or not you want to gift it or not. However, 
let's just say you gift it to your wife and she comes to the gym and her experience at the gym is negative. You don't think that you're going to hear that from the person that you, that oh my you gave it to? It's like, yeah. you know, your number one component, your number one advocate for your business is now hearing negative feedback from their significant a other. A friend, family. A friend, yeah. exactly. Where they're excited to give this to you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, again, back to the restaurant. If I tell you to go to a restaurant and, and like, you go and it sucks, sucks yeah. it makes the recommend the person that recommended it feel like shit. Right, it makes you look bad. Yeah, almost. it's in like a, in a, in a, in a, you know, a, sorry that you had that experience there. That's not the type of experience that I have had. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So you can only you can only ring the bell so many times before it's you know all right. Are we are we are we able to do this? Are we able to service it well? Because if not, it's not worth doing. Yeah, referrals are key. And and it's really important because you got to think about it, right? If you built up a vibe in your gym where you have a bunch of really great clients that love your vibe and love your training, love your processes, right, and and that, you know kind of become raving fans, well, the likelihood that they, you know, that means that they hold fitness and lifestyle in a pretty high regard, and the likelihood that they have a couple other friends that are similar is very high, right? So, and they're also social, you're like in built-in social proof. So if I've been training at a gym or the restaurant analogy, if I've been going to a place that I really like and I go to Dan and I'm like, Dan, you're going to love this place. They got great, great food, great service. You know, everybody there is amazing. And I've never gone there and had a bad meal, right? Well, Dan then becomes a much more highly qualified lead because he's already been preempted. He's already kind of, in a sense, got a little mini experience from hearing it about that restaurant or gym from the referral, the referee, right? So most referrals come in here like excited to just get started. Oh, my, you know, my wife, my brother, my friend, blah, blah, blah. My boss to- has talked about you guys so much that I can't wait to get started, right? So they're literally like, in a sense, foaming at the mouth to get it going, right? So now the key then is then providing an exceptional customer service experience, right? And again, that comes down to teaching customer service, drilling customer service, and educating your staff and even yourself, if you're a solo, about what that means. Having processes at the front desk, right? Is that every, That's everything from the very first moment they walk in the door and fill out a waiver, right? Where do they do that? Do they just stand in the way in front of everybody and fill out a waiver, or do you have a place for them to go to the side, right? Do, do, is, it, is it a warm welcome, right? Do you have a well-defined process? Do you have a well-defined onboarding program, right? So, so do you just take people off the streets and throw them into a class with 20 people? Or do you liaison, liaison them through a, a well-defined process, right? That kind of shows them pieces of your business step-by-step and allows them to acclimate slowly over a period of 30 days, right? Which I think, you know, we don't have to go into VHU right now, but I think having some type of 30-day mentorship or trial is absolutely the best way to go because I want to give people the best the best shit I got up front. I want to I want to show them the goods up front. I don't want to start off with a crappy free trial and then migrate them. How do you go from free to like, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month? You know, I'd rather give them something really great at a, at, a, at a good value, right? So VHU here, our Varsity House Mentorship is 300 bucks, right? And you get a, a goal-setting assessment session, three private training sessions, a nutrition consult, and a month of unlimited classes. And now that we're implementing small group training, 
you'll actually get some small group training throughout your VHU as well. So I'm giving them everything I got, throwing the kitchen sink at them so they, I can basically make sure that they have an amazing experience, right? And they step-by-step go through our process the way we envision a client going through it. Not just like, hey, how'd you like it today? You know, and you throw them into class and kind of leave them to, you know, figure it out on their own, okay? So exceptional customer service starts with having well-defined systems and a well-defined plan for what to do with the person once they become once they get into your trial. And it also comes down, if you have a gym with, with staff members like us, it comes down to coaching customer service, right? And coaching sales and service, right? How to identify exceptional service, how to deliver exceptional service, how to recognize exceptional service, and how to recognize when you're not giving exceptional service and make sure that you bring that to light in your meetings and such so you can identify what the problem was and fix it, right? And I think, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that we've done really well over the last uh, three years or so is, is continuously coach sales and service, you know, at least, you know, two to three times a year with the entire team and run through the entire sales process and what great customer service looks like, what we want people to say, how, you know, we bend over backwards for our customers. And, and that that's super important. What are some of the things that you've seen? Like, I don't know. Let's let's. What are some examples of bad customer service or bad experience in the gym? So, in, I, go ahead. In our gym? No, oh, I mean in any gym. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, it look uh, honestly. Not, I, I, there's no way on God's green earth that I'm going to sit here right. and tell the public that so, we're perfect on everything. So that's he, not true. He, here's the thing that was a huge glaring weakness right before we left to come to 337. We moved from Ultapan to Orangeburg. In Old Japan, we had, I want to say that Susan was there working the desk maybe 15 to 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, we had gone to running a uh, somewhat of a full-fledged adult schedule. Yep. Uh, so there was people in our gym not only from 2.30 to 8.30 p.m., but there was people in the gym now from 6 a.m. to let's call it 10 a.m. and then a little bit of a gap and then in the afternoon. Um we still had the issue where we had coaches in and we had leads or clients in the gym where they would have questions, concerns, people would be calling, nobody would be answering the yeah. phone. We had leads entering the gym. We'd be training with you know either ourselves or the couple pros that we had at the time and just be like, hey, what's up? Just give us a minute. And it was just, it looked right. unprofessional and we were trying, we were selling top-notch training services and, but high, we, and high price and too. high price training services but we were not selling a high priced experience start to finish it was like listen if you get through this you know the kind of uh, warehouse vibe and you get through towards the training i promise we're, we're we have great coaches high education you're going to love the results that you get but on the back end, the rest of it looks like shit. The rest of it looks like <laughs> shit. I mean, you know, our our whole. I blame Trevor for everything. Yeah. So I would say back then that was uh, the uh, the yeah. the way in which we identified that issue was that we just had to pony up and pay the money to have people help service the front desk. Yes, to hire a real service staff and, and start. And to that have was a real hard. That was staff. really hard because there's n- you can't quantify those dollars to be like, yeah. well, how is this going to make us more money? Listen, if you're losing leads, you're losing money. You're, yeah. you're losing money, yeah. and that's just a yeah. fact. So, you know, that's uh that was first and foremost, I would say the 
biggest customer service issue was when we identified the fact yeah. and took the leap of faith that having a full-time front desk that is here from 6 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night was important. Yeah, I mean, the, I would say, you know, we always tell everybody in our business mentorships that, the, you know, the most important hire is the first one, and the first one should be an administrative staff. And they're like, what? I'm training my, I'm going crazy here. I need trainers. No, no, no. When the back end's solid, you'll grow smooth and steady, right? If you just, if all you focus on is the product and training more, training more, and training more, at some point, you're going to have to fix the back end, and you're going to have to take 10 steps backwards and figure it out. It's, it's going to be harder. 10 times harder. So, you know, if you're a solo gym or a two-man shop, you're maybe, you know, a husband and wife or a partnership like Dan and I were, you know, we were just very lucky that, that we hired Trevor. Now, Trevor's, uh, Trevor's first role wasn't technically to be like an administrative staff, but he wound up taking on a lot of that work, you know, doing creative work in the gym. But at the time, we weren't busy enough where that was like making us a ton of money. And then so it wound up, it became natural that Trevor like started to help us create, you know, forms, filing stuff, you know, and, and a lot of the back end stuff that wound up becoming the front desk operations at, at before there was actually a front desk kind of was just all in one folder that Trevor managed. And like, you know, there was a point before the front desk was actually built that when somebody came into the gym, you know, Trevor would be the one to kind of run downstairs and take care of them before we actually hired anybody. So we had Trevor, and Trevor was literally like IT, you know, videos and, and you know, website and all that stuff. And at that time, you were still maybe maybe only part-time in the very beginning. Yeah. And then... um. But I mean, Trevor was also sitting upstairs behind the computer, be like, Trevor, Trevor, we'd be screaming. Somebody walking through, Trevor, running down, you know, just come it, running down the stairs. It was just, it was a bad, it was a bad. You know, so he, here's an, so here's an example of customer service. Here's another example, right? Becoming adversarial about your processes and or services, right? That's one thing I see a lot, right? Somebody comes in off the street, and they question your prices, they question your schedule, they question your processes. And, and and a lot of people can quickly become adversarial. So like, oh, you know, how come I have to do this mentorship? You know, well, because this is what we this is what we think this is what's best for you. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways to go about that. Again, exceptional customer service comes down to, you know, providing the client with what they're looking, for, knowing what they want, identifying what they want, and 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 finding a way to get it for them. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying that that you completely abandon your processes. And if somebody says, I don't want to do VHU, that we just say, all right, no problem. Jump into class then. Go ahead. Do it yourself, right? No, that's not what happened. But my approach is, well, you know, know, ma'am or or sir, you know, this is the – over the 20 years of coaching people, we found that by having a really awesome onboarding program for the month – that we're going to be able to provide you with X, Y, and Z. We're going to show you all of our basic processes. We're going to show you how to train. We're going to go through our basic movement patterns and things like that. And the real goal for me is at the end of this month that you, you've met our staff, you've met our community, you understand our processes, you understand how to train, you're moving better, feeling better, and you've really jump-started your fitness path. And it's really only going to come by us you know, hi- helping you, guidelining you, and liaisoning you through this process. You know, I don't want to just throw you into a class and let you, you know, do whatever you want and you might Wind up getting hurt because you're not sure exactly what you're supposed to be doing, you know. And when you when you there's a way to phrase things in terms of giving customer service, converting a lead to a client at face value generally comes down to you know to to three things: cost, value, and service. Right. 
Is the co- does the cost fit their you know budget? And I would almost say that that becomes n- a, a non-issue if you've over-delivered on value and service, right? I will pay out the ass for great service and, 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 and value, right? If, you, if, you, if I go to a restaurant, shit, I went to a restaurant. I, you know, I told you I went to that place in the city, the Beatrice, right? I mean, that dinner cost me 600 bucks, and it was awesome, and I talk about it all the time, and it was the best burger I ever had. The semenier was amazing. The service was amazing. The chef was super nice and came out and talked you, to us. You spent six bills on a burger? No, no, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. It was four of us. It wasn't six bills by myself. All right, oh, yeah, six bills all by myself so on a Sunday like by myself, <laughs> <laughs> eating caviar burgers and stuff. No, let me tell you, this this sixty five day age dry dry age frogois, you know, duck fat truffle burger with a duck egg on it was like <laughs> it was literally like the greatest thing known to man. But regardless, service was amazing, you know, and and, and experience was amazing. And for uh, look, I'm not saying I would do that every single weekend. Obviously, I'm not doing that. But for you know, once in a while, that that's something that I indulged in. But people will pay for what they feel is valuable to them, and that's going to give them great service and and great results. So focus on those things. You know, give great service all the time. Right. So it's not okay to only give great service in the morning when you're awake and you're feeling good. At eight o'clock at night when you're tired, it's not okay to give somebody a scowl when they walk through the front door. Right, And it's not okay to ignore people or treat people differently. Remember, our mantra here is we give our clients the best hour of their day, not your day. Right, So your problems, your issues, you know, your pains really have no place here. Right? And you, in my back of my head, am I exhausted sometimes? Do I want to sit? You know, I, yesterday, I got caught speaking to a client on the way out of here. You know, I'm, I'm running home to see my son, Antonio. It's already 7.30. Or seven fifteen or whatever it was. I would. I want to get out of here. You know, I could have easily blown them off, given them like a kind of quick answer, and ran out the door. But I sat there for fifteen minutes talking with them and answering their issues and talking to them about you know their their experience and things like that because I know how important that is to them, right? And 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 it would have been in a sense a bad experience for them if the owner of the business that they're paying a lot of money to come to is like, yeah, yeah, man, thanks, I gotta go, see you. You know what I mean? I bounce out the door. And, and I'm not saying that I've never done that. In a, a younger Joe, a stupider Joe, a less experienced Joe didn't think about the consequences of those things like I do now. And I, and I see a lot of young entrepreneurs making those same mistakes that we did back in the day, for sure. Okay? Um, you know, I would say, you know, what is, so a key is making clients feel special, Right? Another great way to make sure that you convert those leads is making them feel special, right? And, and making them feel like, again, it, that, it's, that the process is all about them, all right? So one of the things that we like to do here is, you know, is, you know by consistent in, in, in communication, right? Like Dan was saying, you know, I, I email the people who I'm responsible for doing their VHUs every single week. I'll either text or email or call them. If I see them here, I'll run down to talk to them, right? So even if I'm not training them, if I see someone here that I'm, you know, liaisoning or who I know is doing a VHU, I'm going to come down and say hello. Yeah, it comes down to one thing is somebody's like, well, how do you make a new client feel special or different from the rest? 
it's not different. It's not differentiation. It's just, it's about time. It's acknowledgement. It's acknowledgement and time. If you come over, you could have a, you could have a very, uh, the gym could be super busy. You come down and you speak to that person. You know, I have a, I have a VHU that's working right now. I did his assessment. I did his first private training session. Now he's in our small group training. I scheduled his time and followed up to make sure that I would be on the floor when he came in to liaison the process so that he could meet Simone and feel comfortable on the gym. What is that? That's just time. That's sacrificing time to ensure that he felt like he had somebody in his corner liaisoning him through. Did I have to do that? Absolutely not. Does our staff have to do that? Absolutely not. It's just part of the process. It's, It's part of sacrificing two minutes of the day to yeah. make sure that this guy's like, oh, wow, you know, they, they knew, A, they knew I was coming, B, they bridged the gap to create a connection to the coach, yep. and C, they give a shit. And, it, yep. and, you, and you're not making it up. If you're doing something like that, again, back to the restaurant, everybody knows those restaurants when the, it could be the chef, you know, the guy at River Palm, the, the sushi, sushi yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Always chef. comes out. Always. If you order, it doesn't matter if you order sushi or not. Trev, we've done it. Like, he'll come around, he'll shoot this shit with every table, every single table. Yep. And every time I've been there, he always comes over and he, he's always truly, genuinely concerned about your experience. Did you like the food? Is there anything else that you would like? Yeah. And every time I've been there, he's not even the mater d'. And I wind up ordering more sushi. Exactly. <laughs> every time. Give it, me the boat. Exactly. So that's I the, want the shogun, baby. <laughs> that's the point, is that he's not the mater d'. He's the chef. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. back. He doesn't have to do that. No. And there's a lot of places that never do that. You never know I mean? do it. So, you know, so making people, like, I sent two emails right before we got on this podcast. Uh, two people that I know personally in the gym who are going through our VHU process. How you doing? Great job. Hey, I saw you Saturday. Great job Saturday. It was really awesome working out with you. You know, stuff like that. And it could just be an acknowledgement like that. If you see somebody doing something good in the gym, send them an email. Send them a call. So if you're the owner and you're not coaching every session, which you shouldn't be, right? When you see one of your new, you know, leads doing a trial or coming to a class, shoot them an email and say. You know, whatever. Hey, Tina, how are you? Great job. Hey, I saw you in class today. Looked like you were having a blast and having fun. Let me know what I can do to help. If there's anything you need at all, please don't hesitate to call me. Let them know that the ownership and the management team cares. And and so especially if you're in a position like Dan and I where we're not the ones that are training everybody anymore, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, you know, I only coach a few sessions a week, and, and I'm not, you know, coaching tons and tons of the adult classes anymore. You know, I still make sure that I go when I come in the gym. Every single time I walk in the gym, I go say hello to everybody who's in the gym. I walk around the gym. I say hello to my staff. I say hello to my people. Right? I say hello to the community. I shake hands. I high five. I get to know them. Right? If I'm not training them, the least I could do is go out of my way to make sure that they still feel like they're getting exceptional service from the top down, and that they feel special. That I at least take the time to get to know them, to understand them. And, and, and to make sure that they're, they're getting the best out of, the, out of my team, right? So, like, if there's an issue, please let me know, blah, 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 things like that. And, ex- you know, we're very lucky that we have an exceptional team here, right? And they do a phenomenal job delivering great service and great training, right? But I want them to also feel like Dan and I are still connected to the community, still have our thumb on the pulse, and still want to help them in any way we can. It's so. also having our training staffs back. Yeah. If, they're, if they're doing 20, 25 30 sessions in a week 
and that's their primary role, our ability to come and alleviate the customer experience or customer service experience at the end of a session hour when they might have 15 or 18 or 20 people in a class to come down and almost create like reinforcements. You're Literally, you, you could walk out onto the training staff or training floor any day of the week and there's going to be questions every single time you go on that training floor about yeah. my shoulders bothering me. Yep. You know, I want to bring my sister to class. I want to uh, bring my son to uh, your junior strength and conditioning. What yeah. are the times? It's not that they're bad questions. It's just it can be overwhelming for a coach. Yeah. And the last thing that we want for our clients to do is not ask those questions. Right. So, like, by, you know, I always use the example, like, you know, we, we double staff a lot of classes. And we just recently hired a, a, a new great young coach, Jacob, um, who's doing a phenomenal job. He's a great kid. He was an athlete of ours. And he's now, you know, since come on full time as an employee. And, like, and Jacob doesn't have a book of clients yet. And he doesn't have specific classes that he's responsible for yet. Right. So when I told him, I said, look, man, your goal is to be the ultimate hype man. That's your goal. For the next three months, you're the hype man. Every class that you're helping with and assisting with, you're the guy who's going around and cueing people, recorrecting people, helping them, talking to them about their day. What would you eat today? Did you drink enough water? How can I help you? Is there anything that you need to know about nutrition? How's your shoulder feeling? Like your job for three months, for the first three months, is to make everybody get, say hello to every single person in every class that you talk, coach. You know, high five and be the hype guy. Get to know people. Get to know our adult clientele and our athletes inside and out. Right. Be able to pick two or three uniques from every single client. You should be able to tell me who they are, where they live, what they do. You know, and and something that they like. You know, about everybody in the gym. Okay, that's giving great service. That's 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 and and that then allows the other coach, who's the head coach of that session to focus on delivering the X and O's in a great training session while the other guy can go around and, you know, tweak the little nuances and help people and be, be in a sense, the let's call it for, you know, for lack of a better term, the ears on the street. And, like, if somebody does have a question about something, then that other coach can take them aside, work with them privately, answer that question. Or if there's somebody, like, maybe, you know, we have, you know, we have a lot of our, – our sweet spot for adult clients is 40 to 60-year-olds, right? So, so everybody's got some type of tweak or, or, or nagging little back issue, knee issue, things like that. So the, the, the key is making sure that, that you have the time and ability to take care of those people and provide awesome service. Now, if you're a solo shop, then then it comes down to setting up your schedule and having those people come in. Maybe it's like, hey, anybody with knee injuries or pre-existings, you schedule them. Hey, you're going to come in 15 minutes before, and we're going to do a little pre-screen, and we're going to do a little work before classes and things like that. Biggest thing for a solo shop, the, the advice to alleviate that would be to it would be tough to do it from a monetary standpoint, but I think they would make uh, quicker strides is if you did everything with a 15-minute buffer. Yeah, in Which terms of class schedule? Class yeah. schedule. If you're going to do something, let's just say you started, you know, you had a 4 o'clock session at 4 to 5, you didn't start your second class till 5.15, yeah. 5.15 to 6.15 or 6.30. Right. And <clears throat> instead of maybe getting three sessions done, you're only getting two but you're allowing a half hour of Q&A and value building yeah. to your customer. Much higher quality you know, situation. We did not do that. We still do not do that. We've just started separating classes and making that uh, something of a priority even now with the volume of staff that we have. But so if we, go, if we could go back and do it again when we had first started, I would, I would have – we should have done less classes with more coaches. Yeah. You know, like yeah. – 
Yeah, there's no question that the that the vibe is different. Like when me and you are coaching together, or me, you, and Mike are on the floor coaching together. So, all right, let's get the rundown, and then we got one or two more things. Right. So, one is make leads a priority. Right. You have to have a lead follow up system. You have to assign somebody that task. If that's if you're the only person, then you have to assign yourself time every day to manage leads. You have to track and follow those leads. Right. Where did they come from? Was it an internet lead, a phone call, a walk-in, a referral, right? And where did that lead go? Did they convert to a trial and then and then out the door? Did they convert to a member? If they did, great. How long did they stay? One month, three months, ten months, you know, five years, whatever it might be, right? How long did they stay? What's the average rate? What's the average lifetime of a client in your gym? Okay. Do you have a well-defined onboard? Are you providing exceptional service, making the client feel special, and giving them a a a a, a well-defined kind of personal experience by having a really great onboard that takes them through a continuum of of processes, whether it's you know a goal setting and assessment session, a couple of private training sessions to get them onboard, or maybe even if you can't do privates because you're a solo shop, maybe it's having one class a week that's your onboarding class. So you have a Saturday class at 10 o'clock. Every Saturday, we take new clients for one session and we go through the basic core movements, our warm-up processes, things like that. Teaching the hip hinge. You could teach a hip hinge every day for 365 days a year and you'd still have people that don't get it. So, okay. And then next point is having a great success session, right? Or a closeout, right? I think one of the big failures that I see in a lot of gyms that we work with is they have a trial and at the end of that, they're like trying to play catch up with the client and like literally wait till like the last day of the trial. And they're like, hey, let's uh, let's talk. And that person's like, they want to go, they, they want to go to work. They want to go like pick up their kids. The yeah, they're chasing them out the door. So scheduling a success session, right? Now we call it a goal review here, right? And and th- when we schedule a goal review, um, somebody who's doing a 30-day trial, right, which I just sent that email right before we go, it's, it's hey, I want to. I want to reaffirm your goals. I want to get you back on the in-body scale and, and, and see that we're making progress. And I want to talk a little bit about what's best for you moving forward, right? And so I'm super clear and transparent. They know that we're going to talk about memberships. I've spoken to them in class several times, or my coaches have spoken to them about you know becoming a member here at the gym and what that means to be a full-time team member. But then sitting them down in a way that makes it feel like, again, it's not about the sale. It's about reaching your goals and about you getting exceptional service. So it's a review of what they've done. It's highlighting a couple great experiences that you've seen them in the gym. It's you know, it's going to that meeting with ammo too. I'm gonna check their attendance. I'm gonna see what they've done. I'm gonna get the vibe from my other coaches. Hey, how's 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 Dan done with his VHU? You know, what did how was he in his private sessions? Let me check his attendance. Oh man, he's been here 20 times this month. Came to 20 classes. That's fantastic. You know, so when I sit down with Dan, it's like, hey Dan, great job. You know, first of all, I just want to say thanks so much for being super committed to this process. I, you did all you did. You checked off all your boxes. Did all your privates. Did your nutrition consult, and you came to 20 group classes in a month. That's really great, man. If we keep that up. You know, for the next six months, you're really going to be skyrocketing towards your goals. We get them on the scale, and I reaffirm the good and bad. It's like, hey, you know, great job, Dan. You lost five pounds. You're down 3% body fat. Muscle mass is up. You know, you still got a little ways to go to reach the ultimate goal of losing 25 pounds, but we're, all, but we're really got a great start. And you know, pumping them up. Couple questions about the gym. How'd you like your experience? What could we do better? You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, what you liked the most. What was the most challenging, right? We ask them a few fun, you know, great questions. 
I always ask them to reaffirm their commitments. What are you most committed to going forward? What's the one thing you learned from being here with us last month? And what do you want to continue doing going forward? And they'll tell me something the effect of getting to the gym more, lifting more weights, cleaning up my nutrition. And then I always, the last question on that succession is always, please rate your experience one to five. Five being we're the best, we're amazing, and you love us, and you, you're, going, you're ready for that second date. Or one, we totally failed, and, 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 you know, and my mustard-stained wife beater wasn't, wasn't for you. Right? And, 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 you know, and, and then try to find out why. Most people are going to give you a four or five if you did your job, right? And if they gave you anything less than a five, just ask why. What, what could I do better? And acknowledge that and tell them you'll, you'll work hard to make it better. Then it's total transparency. All right, great. Here's the memberships. Here's how they work. Here's the product that I think would be best for you. Right? It's a combination of small group training, nutrition, and, and classes. And this product costs X, Y, and Z. There's no hidden fees. There's no bullshit. Right? There's no special product. There's no fast action offers here. I don't know. Well, if you sign up today, I can save you 100 bucks. But if you, don't come, if you don't do it today, right now, right now, you know, none of that BS. It's total transparency, and it's honesty about these, these are the services we offer. We do these three things really, really, really well. Right? And, if, and, and, and because of that, I know we're going to get you results. And if you've done your job and you provided that great service and value and trust, right? chances are wherever they fall on the sliding scale of your offerings from your low-end offerings to your higher-end offerings, right? they're going to find the right position for themselves. And you would be surprised. I mean, there's clients in the gym right now who have you know, $50,000 a year jobs right? who spend $6,000 a year on training. Right? There's clients in the gym here now that make several million dollars a year who you know, spend the bare minimum, which is like $3,000 a year. Right? And then there's everything else in between. You know, we have some clients who spend $25,000 a year, and we have some clients who you know, just come to classes and have a great time, and they, spend their, you know, they pay their $200 a month, and they're great, you know, and they're great group class clients. Right? But pri- again, price is only an inversion if you don't provide the value and service, right? Now, uh, does that mean that, that everybody can afford a $1,200 a month private training package? Probably not. But, but they might be able to afford a $500 a month small group package that they didn't even know that they needed and that they didn't even know how great that was going to be. But because you gave them a piece of that during your onboard, they were like, that's what I want training to be like. That's the kind of direction, accountability, and coaching that I want. And what's that cost? Five hundred bucks. You know what? I'll sacrifice five hundred bucks for the next year. To, I'll sacrifice six thousand dollars to get lean, ripped, and fit. You know what I mean? You know. So I, you know, the analogy that we always use, Trev, downstairs is funny, but like, you know, if I had a pill that cost ten thousand dollars, and I guaranteed in three months you'd be ripped and jacked, I'd be a trillionaire, right? I'd literally be, I'd be, it'd be me and Vladimir Putin, the richest people in the world, right? <laughs> and. uh but the reality is when you all of a sudden when you tell, well, you gotta come to the gym five days a week. Well, you can only eat chicken and broccoli. Well, you gotta do your cardio. Well, you gotta drink lots of water, get seven hours of sleep. They don't want to hear that, right? So again, value value is the key there. All right. So that's my that's our really our step process. Okay. And we'll call that, you know, our four-step process to converting leads to amazing clients. Make leads a priority and assign somebody the ownership over leads and follow up. Okay, track and follow up all leads. And make sure you know where they came from and where they're going and, and what, they, what the outcome was. Have a well-defined onboard, which we hammer home. And you can get a well-defined onboard from us by going to strengthentrepreneurs.com and downloading the ultimate onboarding kit. And that's, a, that's basically a, a, an entire review of our onboarding process and how to implement it in your gym. 
and have an awesome success session that really reaffirms their goals and commitments to fitness and lifestyle change and make sure that you provide them with the opportunity to, to, to move forward within your gym as the go-to provider for their fitness and lifestyle needs. Right? Make them feel special. Make them feel like you're the right choice for them. And then last but not least, as like let's call this my bonus point, is always, always, always follow up. Whether you made a sale or not in that success session, always follow up. So if I don't make a sale, follow up, keep them in the loop, follow up several times. Hey, Dan, really sorry we couldn't make it work. We really loved having you here. Here's a, here's, here's a synopsis of some of the memberships, prices, and schedule, right? You know, I'll follow up with you. You know, if you ever decide, you know, you want to you wanna come join the gym, I'd love to hear from you. Or... You know, at the same time, if Dan says, I want it all, I'm, I'm you know, doing private training, small group training, blah, 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 and Dan plunks down two Gs, I want to make sure that Dan feels great about his, his purchase. So I'm going to send him an email right after that, literally while he's walking to his car. Dan, thanks so much for believing us. Thanks so much for joining our team. My, me and my team are dedicated to you reaching your goals and making sure that you have an amazing experience every time you come here, right? Your, your next session is here. You know, we can't wait to see you. You know, I, I'm setting, you know, here's here's a free five-pack of smoothies on us. Yeah, you know what I mean? So there's no buyer's right. remorse. You know, make them feel special. Do not let people walk out the door after purchasing a substantially priced product without following up with some type of email, phone call. Now, when somebody, now we go a little bit further. When somebody buys a membership here, when somebody becomes a member, we send them a handwritten card. We send them a nice little edible arrangement from edible arrangements that you can send for 25 bucks. Right? If somebody just plunked down three grand for a membership, I could send them a $25 edible arrangement. And we still follow up with an email, uh, either from the coach or from our admin, Phoebe, who sends them an email just thanking them so much for trusting in us, trusting in the process, and becoming part of our team. Or, a, or flat out. If you say you say you were doing a VHU or somebody signs a contract, we're going to see that uh, obviously because all of our coaches will get the you know just a heads up. You know, Joe Riggio's become a member of Varsity House Gym. Let's make sure we give him a warm welcome. Going up to him on the gym floor and giving him a handshake and flat out thanking him, just a yeah. genuine thank you and a handshake can go a long way as well. Yeah, they should not feel like the customer service has dropped off after you've you know gotten through the honeymoon phase. You know, and it's like every it's like it's like the gym business is the relationship business, right? So, you know, it, 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 everybody starts off every relationship hot and heavy, right? In that honeymoon phase, and then things fizzle out over time. I mean, you want to make sure that, you know, from a business standpoint, things can't fizzle out. That's not that's not how businesses run. That's okay at home, right? It's okay at home, and but even then probably not so much. Probably. So <laughs> Probably not so much. All right, so that's how you convert leads to amazing clients and keep them long t for long periods of time, making sure that you have those well-defined systems in place, track, and lead track those follow-ups, and again, it comes down to ownership and leadership of processes. All right, so that's the Business of Strength, everybody. We hope you like it, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. The Business of Strength, powered by Varsity House Gym. Turn your passion into your profession and learn how to run a world-class business. Be sure to visit us at www.strengthentrepreneurs.com to learn more. And as always, at varsityhousegym.com. Become unstoppable.